and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we hear from OSU head football coach Ryan Day and the Buckeyes wide receivers coach Brian Hartline. The audio comes from their individual press conferences on Wednesday, December 18th, the first day of college football's early signing period. While things got a little wonky with the cornerbacks on Thursday, on Wednesday, the Buckeyes signed 24 players to their class, which currently sits as the third best group in the country, and naturally, the tops in the Big Ten. Especially noteworthy is the work that Hartline did with restocking the team's receiving room. In Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith Najigba, Gee Scott Jr., and Mookie Cooper, the Buckeyes not only signed the top wide receiver in the country, Fleming, but four of the top 15. So it is very fitting that Hartline got the chance to take a victory lap and talk about his haul in the class. But before we get into the audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives and coverage that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. So now that we've got all of that out of the way, here's Ohio State head football coach Ryan Day. Had a great morning. Um, so far, you know, this has been uh, well, what a great day this has been. We have uh, 24 guys that signed um, in this class. We think it's an unbelievable class. Uh, you know, as, as this coaching staff uh, is inaugural cl- class, um, you know, th- there's a lot of people uh, that had to make this make this happen. And uh, the thing that, you know, I want to make sure I do first off publicly is, is thank the families. There's a lot of families here that, that jumped on board here before we won a game at all this year. And they believed in um, what we were uh, talking to these families about and the philosophies and what was going to go on. And, and here we are um, in the early signing day and, um, you know, undefeated playing in the, uh, the national semifinals. And, um, you know, I just want to say thank you publicly to all the families out there and the recruits who believed in us from the beginning. And, um, and this is going to be one heck of a class. We have eight guys from Ohio. We've uh, 13 states represented. And uh, 14 of these guys are coming at mid-year, which is the, the highest we've ever had here. And uh, so we're excited to get these guys in here and get to work. Uh, so with that, I'll answer any of your questions. Ryan, obviously you guys had a couple defensive backs or committed who haven't signed yet. But other than that, is the class pretty much full at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 24 guys, that's, that's a full class right there. And, um, you know, I, I thought the staff did an unbelievable job. And you can tell the relationships that were built, you know, to get, uh, you know, guys like Legend Cavazos and, uh, you know, Ryan Watts, Lathan Ransom, um, you know, Court Williams, uh, you know, to get these guys here, you know, going through the turmoil that we went in with losing Jeff, just goes to show you how much these guys love Ohio State and how much they want to be here and how much they believe in the development that goes on here. And, uh, you know, they made their commitment to Ohio State. And I know Buckeye Nation is really happy they signed today. What's that process like with the defensive backs? Who all was involved in that and kind of playing those roles that Jeff Halfley otherwise would have played? Yeah, we just talked about how, you know, when you come to Ohio State, you're going to go to practice every day, first off, against the best players in the country. So every day, you know, there's been NFL GMs and head coaches who come in and ask to watch our practice film. Why? Because there's first-rounders going against you every single day. So that's, that's one of the things that we do. And then also, you know, Mickey Marotti is a huge part of the development here at any position, certainly a DB and that uh, this defense is not going to change. This is a defense that uh, I had a vision for, and, and Jeff came in and did a great job of you know, uh, putting that defense on the field this year. But that's not going to change. We recruited to this system. And, uh, and it was a team effort. It was everybody just communicating with that. It was Mark Pantone. It was uh, Matt Barnes. 
um, you know, I obviously had a, a big hand in it. Did you guys have anyone serving as a 10th assistant coach in Hathley's place on the recruiting trip? No, no. Um, you know, uh, Jeff was out there recruiting up, up until, you know, the last day of recruiting when we were on the road. And, um, you know, Jeff also reached out to those guys and, and understands that, uh, this has been a great place before Jeff came, and it'll be great after he left. And, and that he was, um, you know, fortunate enough to be a part of this thing. But, but uh, you know, we're going to be in great hands moving forward. As you mentioned, the guys, most of these guys in this class uh, committed well before you guys were thirteen and zero. How much momentum, Ryan, does this give you going into twenty twenty one? And maybe what are some of the um, the positions that are the, of the utmost importance to you in that class? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it gives unbelievable momentum. Just talking about um, you know getting some of the best players in the country but the best people I think you're going to find out when as these guys come in there's some of the uh, the best people I've been around just in terms of uh, the way that they handle their business on and off the field great students captains leadership and again loyalty you know from from, from the get-go on this thing these guys have been loyal a couple things that came through whether it was the change in staff from from coach Meyer to me uh, in our staff and then also just not knowing you know throughout the summer what, what this year was going to look like and there was a faith there and that means a lot to me um, and then you know for the guys who, who lost Jeff right here a week before signing day so that, that shows a lot about who these people are and um, you know I thought going into this um, going into this recruiting cycle offensive line was a huge deal and um, I thought uh, coach Studd did an unbelievable job uh, we signed six offensive linemen three from Ohio uh, one from Indiana one from the state up north and then one from New Jersey, um, you know, Paris Johnson, uh, the number one tackle in America. Um, you know, he's been with us all along. He helped us in recruiting. Uh, he and his mom, Monica, were a huge part of this thing. And, uh, you know, I, I owe them uh, everything because uh, they've, they've kind of kept this thing together for us. They've been a huge part of it. And uh, he's going to have an unbelievable career here. But, again, that was, that was a, a position of need going into this class, and I thought we hit a home run there. Just real quick, I want to get your opinion on the timing of the early signing period in football. For years it was debated, will there be an early signing period in college football? And I think a lot of us thought if there would be one, it would be like basketball, it would be before the season. I know you're a guy, that's just the way it is. That's how we're going to attack it. Just, I'm curious what you think about the timing. Is it just six weeks away from the next signing day? Do you think it should be before the season if you were – I got, I got to really sit down and think about this because um, I was not part of those conversations, but I'm in it right now. And um, however this came down, I'm not sure that they realized what this was going to be like for uh, a coaching staff and a team where uh, you're playing on the 28th. Uh, you play in a Big Ten championship game. Uh, you have one week on the road to go recruit these guys and get out there. There's possible coaching changes on your staff. Uh, you have you know, 14 guys coming at mid-year. You have award shows to go to. And then, by the way, you know, once you get off the road, you have two weeks to get ready to go play Clemson. Uh, that, that's a very stressful time. And it is what it is. We're keeping our head down and we're going. But uh, I think we have to take a hard look at that. Ryan, last year when we talked to you about the class, you were trying to keep it together after, after the coaching change. So this is your first time to, to put together a whole class. I'm curious just how it was different for you this time around, attacking it from a head coaching perspective. Yeah, well, you know, at this time last year, like you said, it was, um, you know, just talking to the guys about, um, you know, our coaching staff and where we're going, and that was kind of in short short order. And um, but, but this was our first real class. This is our first class from beginning to end, and there was a lot more time, a lot more relationships built with deeper uh, connections there, and um, just a lot more time. And um, so, I, again, I thought our staff did a great job. Um, you talk about some of the work it takes to recruit nationally, just the travel and time and phone calls and you know the, the work Mark Pantoni and his staff did to get this class together is just tremendous but um, you know it's great to celebrate uh, on a day like today because there's so much work that gets put into this how much did you take from working under coach Meyer of just you know how you handle all of this the, the importance of recruiting I mean obviously that's important but 
he puts such an emphasis in, in these type of classes. Yeah, he was a uh, you know he great recruiter. You know, he really recruit unbelievable players here and that's that's why our roster is so good the way it is right now and um so we want to continue that and learn a ton yeah i wanted to ask you about the receiver hall uh you know a couple of five stars a couple of four stars i mean just how that class came together and just have you seen a group in one class just that strong with what you have there with, with julian and jackson and g and with mookie uh no i mean i, I this is probably the strongest class i've seen uh, in a long time that, that i that i can remember um, you know, Julian Fleming, um, you know, had an unbelievable high school career, comes in uh, highly decorated, but, but he's, he's a great young man. Uh, his family is, is awesome. You know, his mom, Betsy, and his grandfather, Mick, and, and you know, all of them, you know, they're really going to help support him while he's here. And, and uh, that was a hard decision for him to leave Pennsylvania to come here. But uh, he's going to have a great career here. And, um, you know, we think that he has a chance to be a great one. And then you know, Jackson, um, you talk about having an unbelievable season. The season he had down there at Rockwall um, is, you know, again, one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. And, um, I, again, I, I can't wait to see him on the field. Uh, G. Scott is one of those guys that, um, you know, every time you talk about G. Scott, everybody has unbelievable things to say about him. Why? Because he's not only a great player, but he's a great person. He's been loyal from the get-go. This is a young man from uh, Seattle, Washington, who – Got a, got a long way to come here. A lot of people had to go through that door and say, hey, no, why don't you stay closer to home? And, and he stayed loyal the whole time. And uh, he's a big, strong, physical receiver. That's a chance to be great. And then Mookie Cooper, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to play this year because of an ineligibility um, situation in his school. But but he's more of a slot receiver. Um, you know, he kind of is going to work inside a little bit, great short area quickness. And um, so I know he's looking forward to get back on the field and playing. Uh, but again, I, I think those are real weapons. And I think that had something to do with, you know, being able to sign, you know, two quarterbacks in this class was knowing they're, they're coming in with really good receivers. I just want to follow up on that, too. With, with Gene, talk about him being a good person. There were the stories coming out of Seattle with him befriending the, uh, the homeless Buckeye fan and everything. Just talk about Gene maybe as, as, as a person, what, you know, what he's like off the field. Yeah, he's special. Um, he, like you said, he's got a huge heart. And what Some of the stuff he's done, you guys have seen, but... Uh, we saw that early on, and, and uh, what he's done to help put this class together, just uh, through text messages, group texts, uh, talking to those guys, you know, meeting different guys at camps, uh, when he's here on campus, and uh, again, comes from a great family, and I can't say enough about who he is, but also as a player. I mean, you talk about a dominant physical player, when you, you watch his film, it just jumps off the screen, and so um, i super excited. He's a Buckeye. Uh, Coach, what's your relationship like with Luke Whiteplayer, both East Coast guys coming to the Midwest? So I'm wondering if you guys bonded over any of that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did. And um, you know, his coach, Augie Hoffman, played at Boston College when I was there. He's an offensive lineman. And that's uh, an area that I've recruited uh, You know, when I was um, at Boston College. It's a great school. And, uh, and Luke's another guy who you know was bought in from the beginning. He never wavered at all. I think he's got a chance to be a great interior lineman. Um, you talk about uh, somebody who really takes a lot of pride in the way he goes about his business. He's going to come in here. He's going to be detailed. He's going to work hard. He comes from a great program. And, uh, you know, again, another guy that I think has got a great uh, ceiling. Yeah, how do you think he exemplifies both East Coast and Midwest qualities? Yeah, well, it's a good question. I think uh, he's definitely got some jersey in him. You know, he, uh, he's, got, he's got an edge to him. But, but he also has that hardworking mentality that I think and got a lot of pride and loyalty. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I think he's got, uh, you know, kind of both things. Do you remember uh, who his dog's named after? I forget. Mark Sanchez. Oh, that's right. That's right with the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember bonding over that? Too. That's right. 
because yeah, we talked about that for a while because uh, I coached Mark uh, when I was with the Eagles, and then yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. Ryan, when you are <coughs> scouting or looking at players, do you compare them to past players that, like, these receivers? Do they remind you? I mean, of of, of other players? Like, sometimes, sometimes you know, you see somebody and you say that guy kind of reminds me of of somebody else. Um, but then other times they just kind of are who they are. And then uh, the more you get around, the more you learn more about them too. Um, because it is hard to kind of see things on film. You know, film helps you. It's a part of the process. But so much of it is is who they are as people too and their work ethic. And when you go into the school, you ask the guidance counselors and the assistant coaches and all the people in the school about who they are. And that's just as important as anything. And so uh, I, I don't think you truly get a feel for who they are until they get here and they're in the program for a little while. And then with Jackson, just the numbers that he puts up, I'd say, like, how is that possible? But, like, what do you think of, of when you see that, when you just see the constant production? Um, d- does it translate to, to college? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's exciting when you see stuff like that. You know, when you just see the numbers over 200 yards receiving a game, one-handed catches, you know, releases where guys fall down on the ground. I mean, yeah, that, that gets exciting. We can't wait to get them here. Uh, front row left, Nick. You know, obviously yourself, Ohio State, and two of the other teams in the playoff have shown what you can do with a transfer quarterback. But getting two guys in this class, what does that help you do as far as maybe establishing something long-term here? And did you see that as something that was important for the program? Huge. Yeah, huge. And, and this is not something that we uh, took lightly. This is this is this difficult stuff. You know, you guys have asked me a lot of questions over the last year about uh, transfers and with Joe and with Justin and different things that have gone on. You know, we've lost Matthew and Tate and, you know, trying to figure out what that is. And so... The idea is to have four quarterbacks in that room, and that's not easy to do. Um, and we felt like we, you know we, we had to try to get more depth in that room. And you know, Jack and CJ both uh, bring different things to the table. Jack is somebody that uh, has been committed all along. You know, he was loyal from the get-go. I watched him throw when he was 16 years old, and I saw something in him. And he he never wavered either. Um, you know, and and I think you know he's got a chance to be a really good player. And then CJ is somebody who came on the scene a little bit later. And um, I think he has a high ceiling as well. So uh, both kind of different stories, but uh, I think both are really excited to come in here and, um, you know, go fight for, for playing time. You know, I think to say that they're going to go compete with Justin to be the starter next year is a little bit, um, you know, unfair. But, you know, to, to fight for that backup spot next year is real. And uh, they'll both be coming in here, and um, you never know how that works. You know, before you know it, you're in it. And uh, in order to go, you know, win championships, you have to have depth at that position. So what an opportunity for a couple guys to come in and compete against each other, you know, get developed in what I think is the best offense in college football and get coached by, you know, some of the best coaches. Obviously, things worked out really well with Justin. They're not always going to work out immediately that well. Is there something about bringing these two guys in yourself, the background you have, you get to kind of build this from the ground up, the kind of quarterback you want at the front of this program? Yeah, I mean, Mike Yersich did a great job recruiting both of these guys, and he's going to, um, you know, do everything he can to develop these two, and that's that's the, the promise you make in recruiting. We're going to do everything we can to develop you, and yeah, I think this offense is very quarterback friendly. And when you look at our, our history in the past, what we've done here, having you know Dwayne and, and seeing what Joe did, and, and now um, you know Justin being in, in New York City, I mean, uh, I think it speaks for itself. So I think it's exciting, you know, and not being able to have to start right away is a good thing. I think it's it's good when you can get developed, and um, you know, it's going to start right right when, you know in a couple weeks here, and those guys will be rolled in school. They'll get going with Mick and the, the mat drills and everything else, and then before you know, it, we're in spring ball and we go from there. CJ has some things in common with Justin and Dwayne as far as, like, but they're all kind of trained by the same QB trainer. And 
Quincy was here when CJ came for the game. Was there? Did you lean on Quincy at all when like asking for some evaluations on CJ, especially since he's worked with some of the same guys you coached? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you know we asked when all in all. Um, you know, all these recruits, we just ask different people for, you know, their opinions on, on these guys. And, um, you know, because you don't get to spend as much time with these guys. You just don't. And um, by the time it's contact period, like, for instance, we've recruited all these guys for years. And the only time we were allowed to actually go into their home and have contact with them was this past week before we before we got here. That's it. So all the other time is on campus. So so many people around the school at these camps, different people you trust are the people you ask to find out more about them. And then the more people you trust, you know, you, you trust their opinions, you kind of go with that as, as time goes on. And then you make your own opinions. But, yeah, certainly I think the mark of a good recruiter is asking a lot of questions and finding out what other people think. And then you made an emphasis on wanting to, you know, kind of take back Ohio when you first took this job in recruiting. And you, you did that with this class. You also off to a good start with that with 2021. But the majority of the guys, I think all of these guys in this class are from Southern Ohio. We just saw Joe at Southern Ohio guy win the Heisman. What did you kind of – where did you guys kind of locate in that area – when you guys were looking for recruits, uh, I, I don't. Until you said that, I didn't really notice that. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's really has nothing to do with the location in Ohio, other than uh, I think that's maybe just you know uh, circumstance more than anything. But you know, maybe in, in a couple of years it'll be all in northern uh, Ohio. But um, you know, because I think uh, Trey's from you know he's not from southern Ohio. But but you know there are, there's you know there's just kind of trends I guess as time goes on. And so um, you know we're just obviously Ohio has a priority for us and always will. And um, and certainly offensive linemen from Ohio that was great for us that was really big and and then we'll keep, we'll keep recruiting Ohio because they have priority and uh, it means a lot to the people in Ohio to be Buckeyes and, and to be a part of this thing and that that matters to us. And then lastly, there were some guys in this class that committed before you took the job and obviously Paris State committed the entire time and Legend decided to decommit and reopen his options and then came back to the class. Like, what were your, some of your conversations with those guys when you first took the job and they were getting? Yeah, Paris, um, Paris, it was, you know, uh, we sat down with, with he and Monica and just said, listen, um, you know, we want to just kind of start from scratch. And uh, we kind of just literally wiped the slate clean and started from scratch and just got to know each other and spending time with each other and getting to know, you know each other on and off the field. And over time, that relationship and trust grew to where it is right now. And, um, you know, we had a conversation, emotional conversation, uh, you know, early this morning, just talking about how we're finally here and uh, we made it and. Again, I just thank them for their loyalty and all that. And then uh, with Legend, you know, he, he kind of went through that same process. You know, he, he did decommit, you know, but, and then, um, you know, decided he wanted to be a Buckeye. And then uh, what, what his dad did, CJ, too, to help us with this thing was unbelievable. He really knows football. He's got his great way around these young men, and um, he helped us a lot as well. So uh, both of those guys really mean a lot to me. Hey, Ryan. Uh, in a world where uh, the transfer portal exists, is it easier to get two elite-level quarterbacks um, because they've seen players like Joe Burrow go off and be successful if things don't work out? Like, is it just the world you live in where they have that as a safety blanket? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try not to think about that. I know it's real. I know it's a real question. But, you know, we bring in guys to come in here and develop and get a degree from Ohio State and, and go play and stay, um, you know, throughout their, their career. Um, and we try to, you know, tackle those things as they come up. Um, and, and I understand the question, but... Uh, I hope not. I hope people don't leave. Um, you know, you try to bring guys in, but, you know, there are situations that come up and you try to deal with them, you know, one situation at a time. But I know this, I, I think, you know, our future quarterback is, is much stronger after today. Um, are you ever going to go into a signing day without complete panic? Because, like, just like last year, you had to keep everything together. And then, of course, with Jeff this year, 
you mean you got pretty good at it. I mean, what's it like just those last 48, 50, you know, 60, Ooh. whatever hours? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stress. Um, there's a lot that goes into it because there's so much time put into it. And, um, again, it goes back to relationships. And I think if you've built those relationships over time and you've built trust, then uh, when things like this come up, you know, you can kind of just calm the waters a little bit. And, um, and I think that's what happened. And one last thing. You have uh, commitments, I think, from 13 different states. I'm in this class, and when Urban Meyer was here, obviously he brought this program into the national spotlight and was taking the already big Ohio State brand and it made it a national brand. Um, but part of that was because he was like a larger-than-life figure that everybody knew. Um, I was wondering if that was going to be able to continue that way with you being in your first year. I was wondering, did you have a lot of challenges continuing to keep that national recruiting approach? What you know difficulties did you maybe encounter, and how do you think you were able to continue signing like a national, like Urban Meyer-like class in your first year doing this? Yeah, I certainly think that, that what you say is accurate. I also think that um, the world's gotten smaller. I think with the Internet, with just the way the world is now, uh, no matter where you go, uh, and they see that block O, I mean, it's unbelievable. It doesn't matter. When we went out to see Enoch Viamahe, I mean, there were people in Hawaii that, that recognized me right away, and that was before I had coached the game. Um, you go into California, there are Buckeyes everywhere. You go out to Washington, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, went down to Charlotte, North Carolina, did the Nagurski Award. There was a there was a whole Buckeye club of just hundreds of people. So, you know, when you go down to, to Dallas, Texas, there's Buckeyes everywhere. So I think the the brand of, of Buckeye Nation is throughout the country, and I think people feel that. You know, I, I think they feel it, and I just think that nowadays kids are more inclined to, to get on a plane and come to school in Ohio. I think um, that's changed a little bit, maybe more than 20 years ago when it was a little bit more regional-based, I would say. Um, but, no, I, I think that, uh, for the most part, families are supportive of their sons in doing that. There are some that we, we face where they say, you know, we want you to be closer to home, and that happens. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics on who those were, but, you know, they wanted to stay within, you know, maybe an eight-hour radius or whatever that, that is, but... Um, you know, we try to we try to target the right profile for for our, uh, for Ohio State. You know, and making sure that uh, we have the right students and the right uh, background and everything like that, and and then we go get them. And um, you know, we find out if there's if there's real interest. You know, we try not to talk people into coming here. That's the other thing. You know, I think that the the day of selling and just trying to get guys to sign on sign up their their name on a piece of paper, those days are over because of the transfer portal. And so you have to talk to them about your school, talk to them about what you're going to do. You have to treat them the same way that they're being recruited, and, and then you go from there. Um, and so I think our, our staff did a great job of that, and it's, it's great to see you know, such a variety of guys throughout the country coming in this class. Ryan, I understand that Ohio State's a big brand. I mean, there's no question about it, but there are other programs in this country that have big brands that can't recruit the way this place has been recruiting the last seven years. And Urban Meyer had a name to him, you know, and maybe you're building yours now in the playoff undefeated first year. But did you encounter any when you're on the road, when Urban Meyer would walk into a high school, maybe even with the people, everybody knew who Urban Meyer was. Maybe you didn't have that at the beginning of the year. Was there any difficulties in continuing that? Uh, no, no. I mean, certainly, like you said, you know, uh, Urban's, you know, larger than life when he goes on the road and he's like a rock star and all that. But, uh, but at the end of the day, I think that these kids want, uh, um, relationships and they want people who care about their kids, you know, and, um, that's what it comes down to in the end. It's about building the relationships and then bringing them here. And once they get here, they realize that this is such a special place and the circle of care that's been built here by Gene Smith and the administration, it, it just blows people away. And they, I think they feel that family atmosphere. You know, it's hard to find a place where you're competing for national championships. When you walk in the building, you just feel the love and you feel family. And I think more than anything, that's what a parent wants. 
And, you know, as a head coach, I want to be approachable and, and be able to pick up my phone and talk to them about those things and, and be there to develop their, their sons. And I think, again, you know, Ohio State will get you in the door, but that's not going to close the deal. You have to really, you know, show that you're going to take care of their sons. And that's, that's what I think, our, again, our staff's done a good job of. Ryan, I don't mean to belabor the quarterback point, but, you know, signing two, especially as difficult as the process is anymore, as you've talked about a number of times, you didn't get to sell the same thing that other schools that were just looking for one guy. How, how did you have to tailor that message? How did you pull this off, I guess? Well, no, it isn't even pulling it off. It's just what a great opportunity, you know? I, I mean, I think if you're, if you're a high school quarterback right now, um, you know, with an opportunity to come play quarterback at Ohio State, I mean, there's a lot of people that would want to do that. And it's an exciting time, you know, and, and just look look what we've done the last couple of years and look what Justin's done, look what Dwayne's done, and obviously look what Joe's done. And so when you combine that all up, yeah, there's there's some great excitement. And I think, um, you know, for for the situation that we have, it's unbelievable because you have Justin and, and you have Gunner. Uh, but but other than that, there, there's, there, there's nobody in the program other than, you know, some of the other walk-ons who are still developing, and, and we hope that they become um, – you know, candidates to, to win a backup job or whatever. But, you know, in terms of scholarship guys, that's it. Um, you know, because we had the hole in there with Matt and when Tate left. And so I think that was exciting to them, and, and they want to get in here and get developed. And I think they see what we're doing on offense and exciting to them. And at running back, I think it was probably an up-and-down year for you a little bit recruiting there. To end up with Mayan, what made him uh, the guy? Well, first off, he's from Ohio. That, that matters a lot. Uh, he's a big, strong, physical back. He's very, very uh, productive. Everybody in that area just talked about how strong of a runner he was, how productive he was. And so, you know, after we kept going through it over and over again, we've looked at a lot of people throughout the country. We're like, wait a minute, we got one right in Ohio here. And I think that, that meant a lot to us. And I just think he's going to have a great career. He runs with an edge. He runs tough. He runs hard. He's, it's like he's angry when he runs. And we like that. So, um, and, and he's big and strong. So, uh, we just think that he's a great fit, and he's another Buckeye. Far left, Lord. Meyer always said the number one trait that he looked for in a recruit was competitiveness. What's the number one thing that you want when you're out recruiting? Yeah, I mean, competitiveness is one of them, but there's so many more things that go into it, you know, that we, we look for. It's the whole package, and whether it's the film, whether it's the transcript, whether it's what people say in the school, it's just a piece of the pie. And I think when you start to put all those pieces together, you get a good picture of who they are. Uh, but, but there's a lot that goes into it, and the right fit, the right background, uh, the right family situation, you know, and, and it's not always a perfect thing, you know, like we'll just look for one thing. No, it's, it's a lot, and especially here um, because, you know, there's a lot of people who want to be Buckeyes, and so, um, you know, we can go, you know, recruit some of the best players and best families and best students in the country, and we don't have to compromise in one of those areas. Ryan, this is as much of a bounce in your step as I've seen in a little bit. Um, if you're feeling after the Michigan win was one of relief, what is it today? Oh, this is exciting. This is a great day for us. I mean, the, the amount of work that gets put into putting a class together, the phone calls, the traveling, uh, the meetings, uh, you know, just on a, let's say it's a junior day after or after spring ball, you know, the, the meetings in your office to talk to families and all the, you, you can't imagine the amount of time it takes in recruiting. And to put together a class like this, it's just great. And, and we have great people too. So, um, you know, you, you want to know where the program is headed. Obviously, you look at you look at how we did this year, but that 
that that's great. But when you want to look at the future, you look at recruiting. And not only do we have great players, we have great families and great students and great people and great leaders who are loyal. That you know, it wasn't easy for them. It wasn't like this was real smooth this last year. You know, we had a coaching change. We had uh, you know, Coach Halfley leave a week before signing day, and these guys stuck in there. And that goes to show you when adversity hits, these guys are going to be strong. And so uh, it's exciting for our program because it's our future. Ryan, you guys are uh, preparing to face a pretty versatile defender in Isaiah Simmons. You've done a lot of different things with Pete Warner this year. When you guys look at Court Williams, do you, do you see him as that kind of player? And just what did you guys like about him as you evaluated him? Yeah, first off, Court isn't uh, – I'll be surprised if he's not a captain when he's here. I've said that to he and his parents a million times. They're probably tired of me hearing, that, uh, hearing me say that. But state champ. Uh, you know, in California, which is not not easy to do. He comes from a great program, same program as Wyatt Davis, and the coaches at uh, at Bosco do an unbelievable job. And uh, to go and, and win the way they did in the state championship, play the way that they played, he, he's playing at a high level. And he's got a lot of versatility. He can do a lot of things. And so we're going to find different ways to get him on the field. Like you said, he's kind of, uh, you know, has he's a little bit different style than Simmons. Simmons is a little bit longer. Court's maybe a little bit more compact and a little bit uh, bigger, but 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 same idea though you can use different things with them and those are the kind of guys you want. Is it hard to evaluate guys at the high school level when you're looking for somebody like that? Like how how often do you encounter high school programs who use guys in that way? Or are they more, I, more and more? Okay. I think more and more now. You know, I think more with the three down fronts and the hybrid fronts. You're starting to see more of that in, in high school. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this offensive line class you talked about it a little bit. It, it looks like you have a pretty good mix of guys who, if you needed them to, are a little advanced. You could <coughs> maybe next year, and then some more developmental guys. Is this the sweet spot for an offensive line group? And then for those developmental players, how important is it that they come from Ohio and neighboring states and not from far away? Yeah, you hit, you hit it right on the head. I, I think it's a great mix. Um, I think you're looking at guys like Paris and Luke who uh, you know have an opportunity to come in here and compete right away. I think you know Trey and, and uh, Jacob. Uh, Josh, you know, they, they know, you know, they have a little developing to do, whether it's, you know, just playing more, whether it's physically, whatever it is, you know, they need to get in here and, and, um, and, and just learn the offense, learn what's going on, get bigger, get stronger, get, you know, Josh Myers, it took him three years to get on the field. There's nothing wrong with that as an offensive lineman. And, uh, and sometimes that's the best way to go about it. But, but yeah, like you said, there's a nice combination there. And again, I, I having those Ohio guys here who are loyal, who, you know, they're going to put years into the program. They're going to develop. They want to get their degree here. They're Buckeyes. Yeah, that means a lot. You need to have that in the program, and, and these are great guys. I mean, you talk about Jacob James and what he did at Elder this year, and his family are great people. Um, so, you know, we're, we're super excited. Ty Hamilton is the only local kid here. What do you like about him? What do you, is he one of those developmental guys, or what do you, what do you like about him? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's going into this year, uh, you know, Ty had some stuff going on, but nothing, nothing huge. And uh, when you look at what Devon did first off, you know, that's kind of the model, but – um, Larry Johnson saw something in him in camp this year that he really liked, and then all of a sudden he had a great year. Um, he was kind of terrorizing every team he played. Played big, played strong, and um, you know I, th- I think he's got a chance to be really good. And you know I think he probably has a chance to have a bigger impact early on in the career than we thought maybe going into the this season. Um, so um, between he and Devon, they really had <laughs> great seasons. How similar is he to Devon? I think he's different. Yeah, I think Devon's a little bit bigger, you know, and, and thicker. Uh, ties a little bit more quicker, um, maybe a little bit more explosive. But I'm sure if you ask them, they would they would fight over both of those things. And, and um, just having been through the whole cycle for the first time, what was there about the process that you could not have anticipated until you went through it? Uh, I, no, I, I mean I think I don't think there was anything that I wasn't uh, ready for. You know, it, it's 
it's just the time and it's building relationships and, and, and being honest. That's the biggest thing. You know, it's not about getting a sale. You know, I was around a coach one time where, you know, you put a book on your desk and it was about how to close a sale. Like, that's not what recruiting is. It's about building a vision and letting them know what your program is and what you're going to do for their sons, building that relationships, and then treat them the way they're recruited. That's what it comes down to. And so uh, when you're honest and you're real with them, then, then it, obviously it translates better for when they get here. It's not about getting them to sign. It's about making sure they're successful when they're here. And, um, and so we just went with that, trusted it, and, and it went well. Right next door, Joey. Ryan, during uh, C.J. Stroud's uh, announcement, he was saying that after the opening, he played well at the opening. They were played with other Ohio State commits, and they reported back to you that this this guy's leadership is good. This guy's, I guess, pretty good. Was that when he kind of got on your guys' radar? Yeah. So I mean, like you like you said, we ask a lot of people about a lot of people, and um, and you know, we got a lot of great feedback on C.J. And uh, yeah, up until then, he was he was kind of an unknown and. You know, we were looking at a lot of different quarterbacks out there and trying to figure out what was the right fit, you know, in the room with Jack. And, and, um, and so the more we learned about CJ and, and certainly the senior year that he had, uh, you know, goes to show you how talented he is. And I think those guys are going to get along great. They're going to compete. They're both going to get developed and, and, and let them fight it out. But, um, but it wasn't like we just flippantly made this decision. I mean, it was a lot of conversation about what was the right fit in that room. And, um, yeah, we, we asked some of the players, you know, what, what CJ was like. And, and we got a lot of great feedback. Feedback. What do you think was the biggest thing they told you? As a person, you know his communication, his leadership. Um, you know he just he handles himself the right way. He looks you in the eye, he shakes your hand. I mean, um, I think you're talking about somebody who was raised the right way, and um, he's got a lot of respect and makes great decisions. Uh, over here to the right, Tim. Uh, Ryan. Speaking of that, I would think Ryan Day, New Hampshire star quarterback, would be the start of this. But uh, what is the prototype, the template you have in your mind? As you're looking at quarterbacks now, is it just wide open? And if this guy is a great player and a great person, I'll make him fit. Just how do you approach that now? Uh, the first thing I think you look for is um, an extraordinary quality. That's what you want. And, and then you can, you can tailor the offense based on what that quality is. Um, and hopefully you can find two or three. And if you have, you probably have a great one. Um, and that's what we look for. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. There's uh, certainly the aptitude of being able to handle information, um, you know, see the field, accuracy, athletic ability, size, uh, hand, ability to handle adversity, um, family situation. You know, what's it going to be like when uh, they're not named the starter? Are they going to, you know, their parents going to come in and, and ask to transfer right away? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play. And uh, we do the best we can to make that decision, and we go from there. Another quickie follow up on that. Uh, did, did, did you actually ask, like, Jack and CJ? Hey, give us a two-year commitment. I mean, you know, does that even come up any with the transfer portal situation as it is? I mean, do you, do you ask for some kind of like tacit commitment? No, what we tell them is, you know, that we, we expect them to be here and graduate. That's that's what we expect. And you know, um, in this day and age, you know, I, I know that the transfer portal is in there, but that's not even a conversation. That's not even one. It's something we bring up. Um, it, it's about coming in here, competing winning a job and getting your degree and going on to do great things. And that's, that's it because uh, we know that they're going to, everybody knows they have to compete. And the only thing I can guarantee is that there's going to be two or three other guys in a room, really good players because they're getting recruited by Ohio state that they're going to have to compete against. And, you know, if you believe in the system, if you believe in what goes on, you look at what JT and Cardell and Braxton did. You look what, you know, Joe got his degree from here. He fought it out. It was hard, but he got his degree and, and things are going good for him. And it went good for Dwayne. And so if you just hang in there and you work through it, good things are going to happen to you. 
and uh, they'll happen to these guys as well. And with a quick thing, KJ Hill was a was a signing day uh, commitment way back when and stuff. Is he a, an example of development that this program can bring along? I mean, do you use him as an example of where you can? Yeah, I do. Again, I wasn't here when he first got here, but but KJ's just had production throughout his career, really. Though I mean, s- since I've been here, he's been clutch. He's been very, very productive, and I think he's a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the guys, and he's not the only one who have been in the program for four and five years, you see a high level of development, and that's kind of what I was getting at with the with the defensive backs is that. You know, if you're here and you're competing, like Jonah Jackson's a great example of that. Jonah Jackson comes in and competes against Devon Hamilton. And he's blocking Chase Young every day for the last year. Guess what? He's a first-team All-Big player. Why? Well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to come into it, but one of them is you're going against great players every day, and that's the same thing in every other position. Um, Ryan, would you, do you have room if a, another guy or two wants to be a Buckeye? Uh, we might be able to make some room. <laughs> overall it's funny how that works uh, overall um i mean you're gonna have some guys leave for the nfl just overall on numbers with and i know it's always fluid this yeah. kind of thing like how are you overall just looking ahead yeah well I, 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 we're, we're kind of right at the number right now but uh there's some wiggle room in there i forgot to ask about dewan jones on monday so i'm gonna make it a recruiting question today a guy like that a year ago, he's kind of like maybe a raw guy with some tools. What have you thought of his development this year? And then are you sometimes intrigued by recruits like that who maybe, are, maybe aren't as polished, but you think, man, we might be able to do something with this guy? Yeah, I just talked about it today, walking out on the field, that we didn't uh, – Enoch Viamahe and Dewan Jones were not really even much on our board all that much at this point last year. And then we went out and found those guys. And, um, you know, Enoch was, was you know pretty heavily recruited, uh, you know, but – but DeWand really wasn't. He kind of came on the scene late. And to see the way those guys have developed, um, those guys are really good players. I mean, really good players. They work hard. They're great kids. Stud's done a great job of, of – uh, and they've gotten a lot of work this year. You know, we were talking about that the other day. Typically, young offensive linemen don't get as much work, game experience. These guys played. And, and when you're, again, when you're on the scout team going against those guys, you know, Jay Sean Cornell and Coop and those guys every day, you're just getting better. And I think they've done a great job in – you know, both those guys came in here in the summer, and it's, it's December. So, like, you know, what, seven months? They've come a long way. Um, you tell the story a couple of years ago. You're in California watching Jack Tuttle, and you come across Chris Olave. You have two Arizona kids, two California kids, a Washington kid in this class. You were involved with a lot of other guys in that area of the country. Why, why was Ohio State on the West Coast in this class? You know, I, I think it's, it's more of just, there were really good players out there, and when we went out there and you make those calls and you go out there and visit those guys in the spring or, or last um, last winter, there's interest there. And you know, we played in that Rose Bowl. I don't know if that had something to do with it, just being out that way, but but there was just an interest there, and we followed up with it, and we fell in love with these guys. I mean, Lathan Ransom is going to be as good a safety as we've had here in a long time, and uh, he and his family are unbelievable people. They believed in this place. They believed in what we're doing. And, you know, I, I'm so excited he's part of this thing. And, again, whether he's from Arizona or, you know, um, you know Kentucky or wherever, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is a guy who wants to be at Ohio State. He's a great student, great person, has a chance to be a really good player. He's only 17 years old. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is nowadays. Again, I think that maybe the, the world's gotten a little smaller and guys are, you know, um, less inclined to stay closer to home. They're, they're okay with going a little bit further away to play. 
And so uh, because of that, I feel strong. And I think when you look at our locker room, it's not, um, you know, there's a lot of Ohio guys here, a lot of Midwest guys, but there's also like some guys, like you said, Chris and Wyatt and different people from throughout the country where there is that support system in place when they get here. You know, again, Enix from Hawaii, there, there's different people throughout the country, guys from Texas, JK, um, Jeff, uh, Barron, you know, those guys, they kind of take them in and say, listen, it's gonna be, you're going to be homesick a little bit, but it's okay. And the Ohio guys are, are the foundation of this program, but they're, they're the ones that, that kind of set the whole pace of this program, and, and they're willing to bring guys in. You know, they don't get territorial. And again, I don't know if it's like that in every program, but it's really, it's a really good culture here. And final question. Second row, Yeah, Coach, uh, you've talked several times today about getting guys their degrees. As I looked at your commencement list the other day, I think 11 of your 22 starters for your bowl game will be Ohio State graduates. Just, um, I know your kids come here hoping to get to the National Football League, and plenty of them will, but. Is this also part of the recruiting pitch that just watch our game? This guy's a graduate. This guy's a graduate. Just I don't know what. What do you say about that and the and the support that those guys have gotten here? Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of that. And I think that there is you know for people who don't know Ohio State, sometimes they think because we play at such a high level of football, there's a little bit of that factory tag. And then the closer they get to the program, they realize that's nothing to be the case. And when you look at uh, the guys who are on our team, when you look at how veteran we are, I think that that goes to show you why the season we've had is because we have veteran guys. We have graduates out there. We have some senior-laden uh, – we have a senior-laden team, and that matters. And I think, you know, the more veteran you can, ha- you can be, the better. And, and the more you can develop these guys and get them into their fourth and fifth year, the better it's going to be. And, and that, some of these guys – you know, a lot of these guys are working on their master's. And uh, the way that it's organized for, for, for these guys where they can get their master's paid for and come back and finish it, it's as good as they're anywhere as they're in a country. And so – when you combine all that together with competing for national championships, it makes it very, very attractive for recruits. Just last thing. Um, we talked to you Monday. You've now had a couple more days of practice to prepare, and you're sending everybody away uh, to go home for a few days. Uh, what have you learned about this team the last few days? Are you happy with the preparation? Are you, if you feel like you got everything you needed to get accomplished? Well, it, it's, it's, um, it's very different because we practiced five of the last six days. And you, typically you have different phases as you get ready for bowl practice. But this was very different. And we had three really good days of practice, had a good day of practice today. But they need to go home for three days and get away and then uh, meet us in, um, in Arizona on Sunday and then have a great week of practice. You know, it's a long season. And um, it's, it's almost like having just a, a couple of bye weeks getting ready for a game. It's not really like getting ready for a bowl game, in my opinion. And so... I think these three days are going to be critical for them to get home. It's only three days. You know, you make it, we, we're kind of making it sound like as coaches, like they were going away for a week. You know, they get away from us for a few days. It seems like a long time, but they get home with their families. They, they deserve it. Um, you know, they, they need to get some rest and then see us in Arizona. And next, we turn to wide receiver coach Brian Hartline. Be one of the best wide receiver classes that this school has ever landed. You are a part of that history. When you take a look at it, evaluate what you got today. How good is it? Well, one, it's a it's a group effort. I mean, what Coach Pantoni, his staff does in this building is uh, tremendous. Uh, you know, I think, and obviously with the help I get in the room uh, with uh, Coach Keenan Bailey is just phenomenal. And uh, again, the list goes on. I mean, it's not just a two-person operation, not a three-person operation. It's a whole program operation. And, and again, it's not, it's, it's a lot about what we do, but it's more about them. You know I mean? They are the right guys and, 
And uh, again, people made comments about you're going kind of out there to get this guy, going over there to get that guy. It's, I really feel like the guys bring us to them. You know, we, we're a good fit. Uh, I like the family environment. They're great players, and and they have the right makeup. You know, between the ears, and that's the biggest thing I like to look for. Uh, you know, I think that unleashes what any ability you have. Um, is all predicated on you know what you have between the years, and all these guys are great young men, and, and I think they have that makeup. With the, with the guys that you're losing, how much ur- urgency is there now to transition from the recruiting phase to get them ready to potentially help next year? Yeah, really important. I mean, that's how they'd want it too. So, but like you, you like you commented on. I mean, having you know seven guys leave in two years. I mean, that's a that's a large uptake, uh, you know, on taking, and I think that. Uh, you know, with that, there's a lot of responsibility, uh, both from the guys that are having opportunities currently in the room and the guys coming in. So uh, there's a lot of opportunities all over the world and all over the, all over the place, I'm sorry. And uh, um, I think our receiver room is definitely one of them. Uh, but, again, uh, all of this stuff is on potential. These guys have the makeup. They want to come in and compete, and I know they're going to do that. And I think that we're going to provide them with, with as many resources as possible to be successful uh, but again, this is just kind of like a checkpoint, you know, it's like, it's like Mario Kart, you know, you got, we got the race started good. You know, we hit the first checkpoint just to get to the next checkpoint. So we'll keep pushing. Uh, but this is just the beginning. Um, three row left. Brian, of the four guys you brought in today, which positions do you see each of them fitting into this offense at? You know, you kind of, you kind of want to play that, you know, where will each guy play? You know, I've talked to them about that, uh, but you know, we really like guys that are very versatile, you know, and can play different different things. I and mean, I think that, you know, I, I think of like a Mookie Cooper, I think that he is definitely a guy that can play in that slot and be very dynamic. So that's probably where he'll be. The other three guys, I think they're very flexible. I think they can kind of all move around and, and we'll kind of see how it all plays out. You know, I kind of have a game plan in my head, but I kind of want to leave it there. And uh, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Again, a lot of that's uh, based on the current guys and how they're doing and, and you know, how do we uh, – complement what they do with what these guys may do and and again in the end there's a lot of work to be put in and these guys got to learn an offense and they got to come in and compete and and really uh earn the respect of their peers before the rest of it any uh kind of takes off kj leaving and him being the only guy who's really played in the slot this year do you have to look at whether it's current guys or guys coming in possibly moving a couple of those guys into the slot to potentially take that role? oh yeah i mean i think that anything's on the table in the end you always want your best players on the field and uh, we'll take a hard look at that uh, as an offense and see where maybe each guy would be most successful. But understand, like, Austin Mack is a great example of a guy that played all three positions, uh, played one position, frankly, his entire career. And then in this last part of his career, his last season, he played the other two. So um, I don't ever like putting handcuffs on anybody and kind of putting them in a box and, and telling them they can only play one position. I feel like these guys that come in here, they're, they're great receivers. They can play any spot, you know, on that uh, um, – on the offense. So uh, we'll adjust week to week. We'll adjust year to year, whatever it takes. So definitely take a good look at that. Yeah, obviously, there's some Ohio State receivers doing pretty well in the NFL right now. Michael Thomas leading that. How much do you use that kind of in real time with the guys that you're recruiting, either this class or guys still out there? I think the biggest thing with that is a lot of guys really aren't fans of teams anymore. It's more of players. And obviously, Mike is the best in the NFL, and uh, a lot of the guys that uh, like Ohio State or maybe are even coming here uh, like Mike Thomas. So to have that conversation about him being around and, 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 and talk about you know, communication we've had, 
uh, is always good. But I don't honestly over oversell anything like that. I think that it's a track record. I don't think it's just you know Mike. I think it's before Mike. You know, from the Chris Carter's on, and I think a lot of that has to do with the competition we have at practice and the consistency with that. Uh, but um, obviously, it's a conversation. It's always a good talking piece, and especially when. Uh, the best one in the NFL is one of your own. Uh, it's a pretty easy conversation. So definitely helps, but I wouldn't say I overkill that by any means. Hey, Brian. Um, Jackson Smith and the Chigba was um, a little bit late to the party in terms of getting up here in the recruiting rankings, and you were on him like more than a year ago. What did you see from him early on that made you love him so much? And, you know, how far in advance into the future are you breaking down film for guys like that who are out of state? You know, so I can be one of the first on the scene there. Yeah, I think Jack's uh, – there's kind of a, a lot of things in play. Uh, one, again, Mark Pantone and his staff have done a great job helping identify guys and, hey, coach, take a look at this guy. And, and then really it started from there, right? And then once you start talking to a young man, um, you know, it's – I don't want to use the, say it the wrong way, but you find a guy that has the right mental makeup and then you're like, okay, well, what can he do athletically? It's like, well, everything. It's like, okay – so what can he do at some point? You know, you kind of get to that conversation almost like a scout, I think. And then, you know, again, if we started talking to the young man and his family and how great they were and, and uh, you know, they, they came to uh, some games early on, so that relationship started to form. You know, in the end, again, when you guys – when we talk about guys, it's just about, hey, this is an opportunity. We think you're a really good player. We'd love for you to be here. And then you kind of take it from there. I mean, it wasn't like we're necessarily mad scientists. He's done a phenomenal job, and his head coach has done a phenomenal job. And in Rockwall, the uh, uh, the program down there is amazing. I think it mimics a lot of what we do here. And, and uh, I think that, again um, – it's kind of hard to say, oh, you know, he kind of took off and all the ratings, things and all that. In the end, you know, he's a really good football player. He had the great mental makeup. We fell in love with the family. They fell in love with us. And it was really, he was our first commit. So uh, in the receiver room, I think it was just a match made that was supposed to happen. Uh, we're glad it worked out the way it did. He's developed into a great player. And now he has to take another step once he gets here. But uh, I'm just really proud of him as a person and all of the turmoil he kind of had being down there and, and then leaving that state and coming up here and the local schools. And there's a lot that went into that. And I think that, you know, their loyalty and how uh, great they've been through the whole process is just uh, epitomizes the whole entire uh, recruiting process. And, I, again, I can't say enough about them. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's doing a great job. We thought he might. But, again, he's developed so well. And I can't wait for him to be here. Ryan, when you look at the receivers you're bringing in, you got guys from all over the country, right? When you go into a place to recruit somebody who lives in Texas – I'm assuming part of the discussion and the thought process is how hard is it going to get be to get this guy out of the state? Were you surprised at all at the beginning of your recruitment about how little Texas was in on him at the time? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we just kind of focus on our own. You know, we just focus on what, you know, how we want to communicate about our program. Don't really worry about the other programs. Uh, we've put ourselves at a very high level, and we hold ourselves there. And, uh, and frankly, we feel like there's only a couple programs probably in the country that – we kind of rival, you know, and we're proud of that. We're not, you know, boasting. So we really wasn't, we weren't overly worried about uh, who's in the area, who else is recruiting you. It was more like, hey, when we get there, we'll have that conversation. But right now, this is, this is Ohio State. This is what we have to offer. And we kind of just took it from there. I didn't really, we didn't really think about, you know, how hard or what's the, any of that. We just kind of played it by ear. And again, in the end, uh, if we want to go out there, some of the best, both young men and uh, players in the country, we expect, you know, to be competing against some of the best programs. So, um, no, no real thought to it, but kind of expected. This was your uh, first cycle with Ryan as the head coach. 
how did he handle the whole thing? I mean, it's it's a lot for one person to go through. What were your impressions of how he did in his first full cycle? Oh, Coach Day's awesome. I mean, it's uh, he's a stud. I think that you know a guy that you know we, we do a lot as as position coaches, uh, but for a guy that you know can always come to and, and if you really kind of get into, into an issue you can bring it to him he loves he'll help love to help you out and plus the amount of communication he has with the uh with the uh, young with the recruits is um you know paramount huge and you can tell he bleeds this program he believes the uh bleeds the culture and he makes sure that it's not just uh, a bunch of position coaches recruiting these guys he's recruiting them uh so to have a guy like that uh, to work with um you're really on your own, and uh, I can't say enough about the uh, uh, availability he has when it comes to recruiting. A brief thumbnail sketch or whatever of their skill sets of your guys. Uh, sure. Uh, so got four receivers. Uh, start with uh, Jax. Jax is down in Texas. Uh, I think he's a guy that, um, again, going through a what. You know, you always start kind of the, the negative, not to be in a bad way, but maybe that's the NFL approach I kind of had is that, you know, what can he do? Where is his weaknesses? And he's just one of those guys that's really hard to maybe find. You know, I think that, uh, you know, he runs really – he plays great competition. He runs great routes. He's pretty – he's a smart guy. He uh, – uh, I think he understands the offense. You don't really know until you get your hands on him. Uh, he feels really coachable. You know, again, there's a lot of unknowns at that part of it. But uh, he's a playmaker. Uh, he plays at a different speed. He's got a lot of good twitch. I think he tracks the ball really well. I think one thing you'll notice about these guys, they're all elite pass catchers. They really do well tracking the football, and I think that uh, uh, that's paramount when it comes to receiver play, and Jax epitomizes that. Uh, I would say Mookie Cooper, Terion Cooper, uh, is uh, out in St. Louis, from St. Louis. Uh, a uh, smaller guy, but really stocky. You know, he'll, when he goes to block, he tries to knock you out. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I loved about him. Uh, he, uh, um, you know, can, you know, some speed sweeps to plays down the field. Again, he does a lot. I think that, you know, again, just playing a little more running back maybe than receiver at times. Um, there might be a transition there. But overall, I think, again, sitting out his senior year will be more to find out. But I think he's got the skill sets through the, through the roof. He's very uh, twitched up, very quick. Uh, is pretty straight line fast too. And again, I think he tracks the ball really well. Uh, but he's going to you know, provide mismatches, and, and I think that uh, I'm thrilled to be having him. He does he has a skill set maybe in our room that we don't have a ton of, and uh, it'll add to that. Uh, so those two guys, then you got uh, G. Scott Jr. out from Seattle. Uh, he is a bigger body guy. I mean, he's like six three, six four, runs pretty well. You know, like big and physical. Again, a great blocker. Uh, does a great job in the run game. I would say that he tracks the ball, he swallows the ball, he's got huge hands, and, and every time there's a high point, I feel like he goes and gets that ball. So a uh, great jump ball guy. Again, really, I think pretty polished. You know, has a good, pretty good top ends. Uh, you know, one, you'll, and he'll tell you too, the one thing will be getting with Coach Mick and, and, uh, and, and working his tail off, seeing how fast he could potentially get. And, and at that point, I don't know, again, I don't know what he can't do. You know, so he'll keep working on that. But it, again, I think he's a really smart player, but... Um, again, with all these guys, there's so much potential, just like anywhere in college. You know, it's, it's all about between the ears. How can you handle adversity? How can you, uh, you know, learn the offense? How fast can you learn the offense? So that's, that's all an unknown. And lastly, Julian Fleming uh, from PA. Uh, you know, again, he's 6'2", runs really well, uh, really fast, ran track as well. Um, really great ball skills, very physical in the run game. You know, what's great about Julian is, is he runs in a, you know, kind of a, a wing T offense, a heavy run offense. So, 
the expectations on targets should be pretty low. You know, so when he gets here, hopefully he's not like, hey, man, I need the ball, you know, because you didn't get it a whole lot in high school, too. So uh, with that being said, he get like three targets, it'd be three touchdowns and whatever else. But so that's good. Uh, so I expect a, a great blocker. He sends me all his blocking film before he sends me any kind of catch. He loves it. So hopefully that'll be brought here. Uh, but I think, you know, from a, uh, a route running standpoint, he'd probably tell you that he hasn't had a lot of exposure to running routes and being, you know, exact and detailed on top ends and how to do all that. So the development as a receiver will happen. Uh, but again, these guys, what I can't speak enough about is, you know, how, uh, you know, coachable they, they come off and how, how a dire need they want to be great and how they talk about, you know, contributing to the room and, and that's where, that's where I fall in love. And again, I think I, you know, fortunately so far I haven't, uh, really got to know guys really deeply and then a guy not come per se. So, you know, I know one day that day is going to happen. It's going to crush me. I really, you know, dive into the relationships and I really enjoy coaching young men, whether it's here or other. I still have people from other schools that I've recruited that didn't come here that still try to text me. I know I can't, but, you know, so I try to create great relationships with these guys and that's really my sole purpose. So uh, I think we've done that you know, on a two-way road. So I can't wait to have these guys in the room and, and add to what we have here with some phenomenal talent already in the room. And uh, I can't say enough, though, again, about those kids, their parents, uh, how they were raised, and, and what they want out of this program as much as anything else. So. Right next door, Tim. Yeah, Brian, playing off of that, you know, you're recognized nationally as one of the great recruiters out there right now. Uh, what is it that you like about it? Or, or I mean, and then... And has it come naturally almost to you? So this recruiting, like, recruiter, like, yeah. term just rubs me, like, the wrong way all the time. Like, I feel like, you know, to me, again, I'm just, you know, it's not a business. Like, these are, like, young men that just want to figure out where they're going to go to school, and they're trying to find a coach that they can relate to and a program they understand the culture, and, and that's all it is. I mean, what are we talking about? Like, it's Ohio State, like – this is the best program in the country. So all you just got to do is talk about it. And I think if I talk about it, I could probably detail my drive into work every day. And when I see baseball field and I can see the track and I can see shots, I mean, it's, this place is amazing. So I just try to communicate that as clearly as possible. So hopefully, you know, my passion comes through for why I like coaching and, and why I like, you know, the receiver play and the art form and how much I love it. But, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, it's Coach Pantone, it's Coach Day, it's all, it's, it's not me. I'm just, I guess I get the, the headline, but I, I just, you know, I feel like the puppet, you know. So, you know, I, again, I don't know how to really answer that question. I don't, I don't, it's not a one-person job. There's a bunch of people that go involved in this, and let alone the parents. I mean, the parents, it's hard to recruit a young man if you can't come to your school. So the, the, the sacrifices they make to uh, have them come up here and then the communication and, and then the head coaches involved the different schools. There's so much that goes into it. It's just not one person. Now, uh, do I enjoy, do I enjoy re- the recruiting tag? No, I do not. But what I do enjoy, I do enjoy being able to find young men that want to be coached the position and try to reach an ultimate goal they've dreamt about since they were five years old. That's cool. That's cool. So um, obviously you want to build a room that they complement each other and do different things, but in the end, my job is to make sure they are surrounded by talent. 
I mean, coaching is great, and I agree with that. If we make a large impact, but there's no better impact than peer-to-peer impact. So this young man's only going to be as good as he has to be to play at Ohio State. And when he's starting, at what point are you getting pushed? I mean, yes, I can still keep barking at you, but when you see your peer maybe outworking you or doing this better or whatever else, it makes you better. And that's the biggest thing. That was the biggest impact that San Antonio Holmes and Ted Ginn and, and so on and so forth all had an impact on me, Anthony Gonzalez, and they're all first-rounders. So it's like that's the environment we want to create along with the phenomenal culture with Coach Day. So all of the four of these young men, uh, you know, relish in that, love that. We have two quarterbacks. I mean, that's unheard of that, want to, you know, are willing to compete. I feel the same way about the receivers. These are phenomenal receivers that would go anywhere else in the country and probably be, you know, maybe their guy or whatever. But in the end, they want to be together. They want to learn together. They want to push each other. And that's just phenomenal. So When you're, when you're on the trail, are you, are you looking for three – four different kinds of receivers now. I mean, you're, you know, you're the wide receivers coach, but there's three or four positions in there when you, when you look at it. I mean, I mean how do you, do you try to fill a quota every? Uh, yes and no. I mean, there's always a numbers game, you know, and there's always a who could leave game and maybe, maybe a skill set a little bit. Like I said, though, I like guys that can basically do everything. Right. And I think that, um, and coach day and everyone kind of agree, you know, we have the same conversations and, uh, but quota, I mean, it's based on, you know, scholarships and who might leave and who might not and, and all those things. So it's kind of complex. But however many are kind of leaving is usually how many you're trying to bring in. So you're kind of handicapped sometimes. And But uh, in the end, you know, I like to make sure that um, I'm also meeting great young men that are, great, you know, DBs. That affects my room, and I want to bring great young guys like that in. And so it's not just always receivers. And one of the quickie, K.J. Hill, what is his legacy beyond the record, beyond the possible next record he's going to set? Uh, next week, but what's his legacy to this room? You know, I think it's it's really unselfish. You know, again, he's a guy that could have left early. He came back, um, and he was a staple. I mean, if you pull K.J. Hill out of our room, we are not as talented in that room, and that says a lot about him. That says a lot about his family. That says a lot about the belief he had in Coach Day and, and the uh, program and where it was going. I'd, went through a head coaching transition, and he just steadfast, and he was ready to rock, and so it says a lot, uh, you know, the plays he's made throughout his career are phenomenal, but I think his biggest legacy, hopefully, will be how the young guys turn out. You know, the, the guys that you leave behind and how you leave the room is your true legacy. You know, so the impact that Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon had is being shown right now. And then, you know, how these young guys now progress, both as individuals and as full players, that's KJ's legacy. That's Austin Mack's legacy. So uh, that's Ben Vick's legacy. That's CJ Sunner's legacy. So, Again, four guys are leaving. Four guys are going to need to step up. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see these guys progress uh, come next year with these guys gone. And, and they have a great platform, like we talked about. They have four guys coming in that are going to be here in January that don't know right from wrong. So it's really hard to see uh, you know, what maybe Paris Campbell or Terry uh, McLaurin or uh, Johnny Dixon did when you haven't been in the room with them. So they're going to see what you do. Now, are you going to carry what KJ and how they practice in Austin and Ben and CJ? Or are you going to create a new standard that uh, makes it a lot more difficult to hold? So that'll be the legacy uh, of KJ and the rest of the guys. Brian, a couple times this year I checked Twitter on a Friday night and see Jackson with like 200 yards receiving and five touchdowns in the first half. When you see that, like, what goes through your mind? First, I laugh. And I'm like, gosh, I wanted like two catches when I was in high school. Secondly, uh, you know, it goes through my mind. I'm like, dang, he's pretty good. That's probably second. And then I always make sure they won, right? So that's the next one. But, uh, you know, I guess uh, 
pretty profound. I mean, the, the, the career he's had in Texas, I mean, that's a great football state, call a spade a spade, you know, and, and uh, for him to be amongst the best, you know, of all time is just astounding, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, it, another thing that jumps off too is on his Twitter, you see how good of a teammate he is. You know, he does always talk about his O-line and the people around him, and, and that's really who he is. He radiates that, which is phenomenal, you know, and I think that's awesome. But, no, he's a really good, very productive player. And then and then inverse of Julian, I'm like, oh, man, he's never going to see that many catches here in one game. You know, so it's like I hope he can lower his standards. You know, no, I'm kidding. But, like, in the end, uh, you know, it's just, it's just great to see the guys have success. You know, I mean, in the end, when you're a young athlete, and you start getting talked about a lot, and the, the the pressures these guys deal with that most guys didn't have to deal with ten years ago, never to deal with the access these uh, adults and other kids have to these athletes before they're probably even ready. You know, it, frankly, these young men are probably more versed with Twitter and social media than their parents. Their parents can't even comprehend what's going on and and how to handle it and how to tweet the right way and and how to have a message. So to see him carry himself the right way, that's the most impressive. And I would say that. You know, in the end, um, you know, the, the stats are what they are. When he has opportunity, he makes plays. But really, as a person, that's really what astounds me and how he's able to, you know, go through the hoops there uh, with that and handle that the right way. So um, can't say enough about him and his family and how he's been raised. A couple more uh, front row left, Doug. You guys have had unbelievable success with Paris and KJ in the slot in your time here. But there's some smaller slot guys in the Big Ten, Rondale Moore and KJ Hamler and guys like that. With Mookie, did, like, were you interested in that? You talked a little bit about a different skill set a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, he's just a smaller slot guy. Were, were you intrigued to bring in a guy like that? No, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, where's my short guy at? I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that. I'm no short guy. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. Guy. But, you know, to me, you know, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm big on, you know, to me, I always think, like, I don't care. Like, so he's, his eyes are this height versus that height. Like, I don't know if that changes. It's more about, like, your range, of your catch range. Like, are you explosive to get off the ground? Does it matter if you're 5'11"? If you can jump out of the gym, then it doesn't matter if I was 6'4 and can't jump. So, uh, to me, I think that you do want different guys with skill sets. You're looking for guys that are explosive. Looking for guys, again, culturally, they fit here first, you know. And, and then you go about uh, – um, you know, maybe if you do do a speed sweep, you know, some guys are maybe built more for that. Maybe he has a little more running back background, so it's better for him to carry the, the football. And, and how physical is he? Is he willing to block? There's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, I want to look alike. That's not, that's not it at all. It's just a uh, skill set, different, you know, and I think that, you know, his return uh, capabilities are phenomenal. So there's just more of a skill set than it is height and weight and everything else too. But with that being said, I mean, you know, if you're going to be, you know, 5'10", in our opinion, in our offense, you got to be able to block. So to be 170 pounds, that doesn't usually work out right, you know, because it's hard to go walk, you know, be in the slot and block a walkout backer, you know, in the run game. But then also you want to catch a go ball. Like, they have to marry up. But frankly, we ask these guys to do a lot of things, but you got to do it both. We can't just sub for a pass play, and then on a run play we put someone else in there. So you got to make sure that. Uh, again, that's a lot of it through the years, you know, between the years is, is he have the mindset to go in there and block a, a sandbacker? And then is he fast enough to go catch a ball? That skill set's pretty hard to find, believe it or not. And we've done a pretty darn good job of finding it over the years. And we have to continue to do that. But that's a, that's a rare, rare skill set. What's the situation with him when you have a guy like that who, who has a situation like Mookie did this year? Mm-hmm. How do you talk to him during the season? Because you don't. Yeah, I think it's, and what do you have to do to coach him up when he gets it's here? It's a little different because he wasn't injured. But, I mean, you've had injured guys come back, you know, and I think that, you know, if anything, he's taking less hits on the body. He's even fresher. So I'm good. Uh, but, 
you know, for Mook, it was hard for him because football is his life, and uh, he's always done it since he was young, had to change school, so there's a lot of transition there, new friends, new – so there was a lot of communication there helping him and, uh, and, and talking with mom and everybody too. But, again, he's a fighter. He's tough, and uh, uh, he handled it. it. Was there bad days? Of, uh, of course. But I think that in the end, uh, the communication was excellent, and uh, uh, he's a stud. You know, he's got a lot to learn, and he's continuing to grow up. But he's 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 awesome. So, um, with as young as you are, and as successful as you've been, if I were a receiver coming into this program, I would wonder when you would get a chance to be more than a position coach. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that is something that comes up in recruiting your personal future and, and how you address it if it does? Uh, yeah, I address it. I think that, you know, for me, uh, college football is a crazy, crazy world, and uh, it's only getting crazier. I think that, you know, it all comes back down to purpose, in my opinion, and nothing on any one of their coaches out there. You know, I have a strong uh, passion for Ohio State, um, from two hours from here my wife's from columbus uh her family's here my you know my family's only two hours away i think that uh i have friends that are all here from high school that live here it's i'm very passionate about ohio state i think you know at this point it's really early i don't want to sound ignorant to the fact but you know it's it's i don't know what would get me out of the city frankly i mean unless i'm just not good so um hopefully i can control that and keep getting better you know but i think that my passion is, lies in this receiver room. I love coaching the wide receivers, and there's a lot of coaches that say they'll never leave. And, uh, you know, I, never is a long time. But, again, being honest real, realistically, I just don't, I don't see a situation where, you know, you know, hopefully I'm out of here anytime soon. Hopefully I'm here for a long time. Again, I've earned it year in and year out. It's not given to anybody. But uh, um, I have, I, right currently I have no uh, desire to – go there or go here or do I just don't I love being here I love talking to you guys and uh it's very natural and easy to just you know shoot it from the heart and not so I prefer to live in that world and I'll you know be here as long as hopefully they'll have me so thank you coach yep yep thanks